Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake. If you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host, Anna David. We're sponsored by Book Elevator Pitch. And if you want to know what that is, and I promise you, you do, go to bookelevatorpitch.com. Now, you know what we do on this show. We talk to, we, I talk to entrepreneurs, uh, best-selling authors, sometimes myself, about how to build a book. Jesus Christ, sorry, I have a cold, not COVID. Uh, How to uh, write a book that will help build your business. And today, I'm talking to such a sweet, wonderful person about something you guys ask me about all the time, which is how do you make your book into a TEDx talk? And then how do you book a TEDx talk? And then how do you deliver the TEDx talk? Um, Her name is Bridget Sampson, and she has been a public... uh, speaking professor for over 25 years. She has delivered her own TEDx talk. She is also an author. Uh, But most relevantly for you, she coaches people on how to write and deliver their TEDx talks. So in this episode, we get into um, how do you take your book and make it into a talk? Should you write it out or just do bullet points? Should you have an outline? When in that process should you apply? How do you find the places to apply to? And finally, like, what do you wear? What do you do? Do you mingle with the audience before all the things? What do you do if you feel like you're totally bombing? We get into all of it. If you want the show notes for this episode, which also tells you how you can connect with Bridget um, and you want to, uh, she offers free calls. She tells you this at the end of the episode, so make sure you stick around for that. Um, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash Bridget, and that's B-R-I-D-G-E-T. And now I give you Bridget Sampson. Thank you for being here, Bridget. Thank you for having me. So excited to talk with you. I love what well, we were just talking about uh, how I'm uh, casual verging on unprofessional. And then I'm like, that is the name of a book. That should be the name of yes. a podcast. <gasps> yes. Oh Whoa. my God. Oh my God. Absolutely. But I love it. It's not what we're here to talk about, is no. it? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be related because I think that that might be the way we want to be in any of our talks, especially a TED talk. Absolutely. Okay. So, so, so many people come to me and they say, I want to do a TEDx talk. And, um, and I say, you can make your book into a TEDx talk. So, so you are a perfect person. You, you, you were, you've been a professor for 20 years in public speaking. Is that right? 
Yes. Pretty much. the number right? It's more, but let's leave it at that because people will think I'm younger. (laughs) Oh, well, you look, you look 20. So, um, yes. (laughs) So, um, and, and then, um, and you did a TEDx talk and then you coach people to do TEDx talks. So let's talk a little bit about, well, first let's talk about your journey. So, so how'd you become a professor of public speaking? I just let when I was an undergrad in communication studies and I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated. <laughs> so some professor said, why don't you do the master's program in communication and you can teach, you can teach the basic public speaking course. I started teaching that course at 22, which is insane. Oh my God. They just threw me in, you know, and I was teaching public speaking and we got lots of great training on how to teach and, and public speaking skills. So I started really early, but the truth, Anna, was when I took my public speaking course, I, I waited until the last minute to take it. I was terrified. I completely fell apart during my first speech. I was one of those super anxious, terrified, nervous speakers, which is why I think I was so passionate about helping other people overcome that fear because it was so paralyzing for me. So that's how it all started. And that's how I love teaching public speaking. I love teaching communication, all of the communication courses. And I continued to do that for many years as I also started my consulting business, coaching people on their communication skills. So, okay. Wait, so you were terrified when you were an undergrad and you were taking that class. Yes. And so what (laughs) advice do you have for people who are terrified of public speaking? Yes. Well, that's my first thing is I can serve as an example because I was terrified, fell apart during my speeches and was teaching that same exact course two years later. How (laughs) insane is that? Right. So I have tons of advice, but the truth is why I love what you said about I'm casual, verging on unprofessional. The best speakers are people who realize they can just be themselves. Yeah. Just be you for God's sakes, be real, whatever your personality is. Are you funny? Are you sarcastic? Are you serious? Just know that you can just be yourself when you're speaking to an audience. Now, yes, you should prepare your thoughts and have some valuable content, of course, but people just stress about the delivery way more than we need to, in my opinion. I know. And I think, but I think TEDx is one where it it has an even greater stress value because it's so esteemed. And also let's talk about how most people don't know the difference between a TED talk and a TEDx talk. Would you say that's true? I agree. And I love that. That works for us, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And to clarify, a TED Talk is, you know, the thing where it's like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates give TED Talks. TEDx is something where any community can, as far as I know, can get sort of get a a license and put on a TEDx event. It is not easy to do. But um, so I don't even think TEDx knows how many TEDx events there are. Do you? What do you know about this? Yeah, I think at one point I heard there's at least one TEDx event happening every single day. And I think it's even more. I think it's way more than that if you go global, right? So yes, I agree with you. I I, sometimes I say I gave a TEDx talk. Sometimes I just say TED talk. (laughs) Absolutely. You are affiliated with the TED brand, even if it's a TEDx talk. It is a TED talk because it's the TED brand. They own it, right? Yeah. They have somebody, thankfully not me, not us, but the coordinator of the TEDx event that you're at went through a lot of trouble, as you said, to get to be able to have a TED, you know, sponsored 
conference and, and have TEDx speakers. So yes, use it by all means. You, It is not as hard as people think to get a TEDx talk, to apply, just make the case that you've got something important to say. It's only 18 minutes. If you've written a whole book, my goodness, you have got enough gems in that book for sure to give a 10 or 15 minute talk that is going to wow people. I am just so passionate. I believe that wholeheartedly. And it doesn't have to be that long. I mean, I feel right. like I read somewhere like the, there's like a three minute talk that's really successful. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite TED talk? Probably Brene Brown's talk on vulnerability. I just love her so much. I love all her work. Um, I, I, gosh, I have so many favorites. I love Sean Acor's work. I don't know if you've heard about him, but he talks about happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. His talk called the happy secret to something, the happy secret to better work. I think it is. And it's all about how we generate happiness in our lives internally. We're looking for it in these external circumstances and that's not where it comes from. And we all know this, but he shares it. And I think his talk is only 12 minutes. I've shown that at countless trainings and shared it with countless coaching clients and everybody loves it and says it was really a mindset shift for them as far as how to feel good in our lives. So you're absolutely right. I think a 10, a 12 minute talk can be life-changing for us. That's why I love Ted so much. One of my previous podcast guests, Chris Voss told me, and he's a big like media star now. He prepared for the media by watching Angela Duckworth's grit talk. And oh, I love that. Analyzed it. And he said, what is, what is powerful about this? And he analyzed the tone of voice Mm -hmm. and all of these Mm -hmm. things. I think my favorite is the Derek Sivers. Have you ever seen how to start a revolution? Oh, I know. I have to watch it. He barely talks. It's mostly showing a video. So it's like you can get so creative. Yes. So what do you know about the process of finding and applying? What can you share? Yeah, I think it's a matter of, I think you have to have grit and you and persistence and you have to do a thorough search and you have to talk to everybody, you know, and tell them you have a Ted talk and you're looking for a venue. And for me, it was just through the avenues of people I knew. And I gave it at the university where I was teaching, but I've talked to lots of people who just were really aggressive, assertive about going out into communities, Googling where Ted talks are happening, talking to everyone in the net, their network and community. A lot of people say it came through someone they knew or some connection they had, but that they didn't initially necessarily know that that person had a connection to a TEDx conference, right? And so you got to be a big mouth. You got to tell everybody. So would you, you know? recommend deciding um, this is this is my TEDx talk and writing it out and memorizing yes. it before yes. applying? I do. Always. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And have a catchy title, have a, a timely topic. Yeah, I don't think you have to. I, I think it's great if you can do that. I don't think you have to have it 100% fleshed out. And in fact, a lot of what I do as a coach when I coach TEDx speakers is they give me kind of a rough outline of their talk and I can really, really help them flesh it out. We talked about this before, yeah. Anna, but you know that I'm big on stories. And I yes. think people, they come with like this outline of all this. These are the things I want to teach people. These are the points I want to make. And then I help them see, no, 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 you're going to do that through stories storytelling because the most popular TED talks have lots of stories and your TED talk has fantastic stories. Anna, your story about the homeless man and the, you know, all your, your, your experiences, you've got to have your stories. So I actually maybe want to take back what I said and say, have definitely have your title, your topic, let be ready to let people know that's your areas of expert, your area of expertise, but have it outlined and be ready to work with a coach or to 
even if it's just working with the people, you know, on fleshing out those powerful stories, because that's what people remember. Yeah. And by the way, one of the places where I got in, they were, I was like, I've got my talk and here we go. And they go, no, 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 no. We want to help you come up with the talk. Right. Um, that was the only TEDx uh, place where they actually had coaches where it was like free coaching. Yeah. Um, but but most aren't going to have that, right? Some do. I mean, mine did, but I was the coach. Yeah. <laughs> so I had not only the responsibility of giving my talk and being ready and being the first speaker of the day, but to actually coach all of the other speakers. So some TEDx conferences do. They bring in someone as a volunteer coach or if they have the funding, they'll pay for a coach. But Many don't from what I understand. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say you have a book and you go, I want to make this into a TEDx talk. How do Mm -hmm. you start? And we could take some of my clients as examples. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had a few clients that have done it, but like, okay, I'm thinking of a client um, who, who wrote a memoir about growing Mm -hmm. up Mormon in this Mm -hmm. crazy family and unraveling different aspects of it. How do you take a story like that and go, okay, I'm going to make this into a 10 or an 18 minute talk. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you pull out what you think The, the beauty of having such a short time is you get to pull out your most powerful material. So I'm a big fan. Maybe it's because I taught public speaking for so long though, right? But of having like your two or three key points, like what Mm -hmm. are the real, remember that people forget 25% of what you say two days later. I'm sorry, forget 75% of what you say. Oh my God, including that statistic. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So people will will forget 75% of what you say two days later. This is based on the communication academic literature. So, but what they will remember is the key points. Like mm-hmm. I, that person helped me understand that happiness comes from within. It doesn't come from external circumstances, right? They'll take away a key mm. point. So you want to be clear from the get-go from your 200 or 300 page book, whatever it is, like what are the two or three core points that people will take away that will be most meaningful and most memorable? That's where you have to start. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay. Um, my key point, um, you know, is, is that like, um, you, you know, you never really know your family or something like that. Do you, right. so you, you, you decide what the two or three key points are and then yes. you find the best story to illustrate. Yes, exactly. That would be my, that would be the order I would recommend truly. Uh-huh. And I think the title, like really make sure your title is a like, catchy, intriguing, but also, a a really good indication of what people are going to get out of it. I don't think people like when the title has nothing to do with what the talk is actually about. It can be, you know, I know like your title, how to wear your labels. I love it because it is what you talk about, but there's a little surprise about where you're going with it. So I like that, but I also think it's important for people to have some inkling of what they're going to get out of it. It's like a, it's a teaser, right? Well, I'll tell you the absolute truth about my talk and listeners. I'm telling you too. I hired somebody to write that talk, which is shocking to (laughs) Uh me since this is all I've ever done is write, but I couldn't figure it out. I wasn't taking a book and making it into a talk. I wish I had, it would have been much easier. Mm -hmm. And I hated what they wrote, but they Mm -hmm. came up with that title and I liked Ah. the title. 
in retrospect, now that I, this is years later, I know about so much more about titles and you mostly yeah. from learning about book titles that no, 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 you have to give more of an indication yes. in it yeah. because yeah. the competition is so fierce. So yes. would you recommend like, I don't know, keywords or just like, how do yeah. you know what to put yeah. in the title? Yeah. So my, my title is how public speaking will change your life. And I'm actually happy with it yeah. because, and I think it's why I have with no paid advertising whatsoever you know, 300,000 views, like people just found their way to it. If they were searching on for a Ted talk about that's amazing. Yeah. So, and I did nothing (laughs) to do that. So, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bragging because there are people with millions of views, but I'm saying with no paid advertising, with nothing, I like literally just did it and wanted to have it and didn't do anything with it really. So people found their way to it. I'm really happy with that because it is about, public speaking. It is about how to overcome the fear of public speaking and embrace public speaking in your life and your career and to feel good about it and to see that it's a gift to the world, that you have some kind of gift to give the world. So I'm really happy with the title. The only thing I would say for you, Anna, right? You probably agree is I would have had addiction in the title somehow, but the, but the thing is that I, I do like that kind of piquing people's interest. I, maybe because I know you and I know exactly. your story. When I saw the title, I was like, oh, I can't wait to listen to that. Cause I know what it's really going to be about. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. I know what kind of label she's talking about. So it can work for you. You really have to play with it, I think. But I do, I do agree with you, Anna, that like, make sure your title gives people a clear indication of what it's really going to be about, what they're going to get from it. So I had to have public speaking in my title. Yeah. And, you know, to be clear, my mind doesn't have nearly doesn't have anywhere near 300,000 views. So it's like it's wonderful if the people who know you are going to be interested, but it's that much more wonderful if people interested in your topic are going to I think. And I, I, I'm telling you that that's because of my title. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, no, I don't have nearly that many views or listens on all my three podcasts and I have all this other stuff out there. And I really think it's because one, it's the Ted brand mm-hmm. and two, it's about public speaking. So if people are searching for a Ted talk on public speaking, because it's in the name, remember that keyword, the SEO, the search, you know, all that, all that really comes into play here. So back to, you know, my recommendations, like have a really catchy title, but a title that has the keywords of what your talk is about. Mm -hmm. Um, Have your, have your two or three key core points and then anchor them in the most powerful stories that you can think of from your personal life. Anna, when you said to me that you had someone else write that, that really blew me away because it's so personal and it's so you and it's so authentic and you're so vulnerable and open and real. I just love your talk so much. Um, And because it's so you, so it speaks to how you can get so much help. You can even have someone write and you probably didn't use what they wrote, but it was a starting point for you. If you can afford to get someone to write your speech, you can afford a coach, go for it because you're still going to end up with your authentic piece of work. But why not get that help to give you something to start with and to give you something to work from? Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend, well, now it's so different. Like this was a place where they were like, we've done talks for everybody, but nobody wants to admit that they had their talks written. So we can't tell you who. And so I don't even think it was like that legitimate. It was like a dinner party told me (laughs) about it. Right. But what was helpful is they had a questionnaire and the questionnaire had a lot of personal questions and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it got me thinking about it in the end. Uh, I would say to anybody, don't do what I did. Yes. Yeah. Hire yeah. a professional, but write right. the talk yourself. Right. Um, well, get, and you can write it in collaboration much exactly. like you do with books, Anna. You know, yes. I say the same. I tell people about you all the time, like recommending you if you want to have a book out there, you don't have to do it all yourself. You yeah. Don't have to do, you don't have to do a lot of it if you want to get like full service, work with someone like Anna's company. But same thing with a TED talk. I've had many people come to me and say, can you write it for me? And I say, no, absolutely not. But let's sign up for 10 coaching sessions and we'll write it together. And it'll be amazing because you're going to tell me. And what I've done that it's so it's the most fun coaching because I'm like, okay, tell me your stories. Tell me what you most want people to know. And we write it together and they're so happy at the end. So how does that work? So they show up. Does it have to be 10 sessions? No, but this is what I would, this is what I typically recommend when someone is starting with nothing. Yep. But what if they're starting with a book, maybe five sessions? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would say at least two or three, you know, but I've mm-hmm. also had people come to me. Um, I've had actually people come to me when they have the whole thing written, practiced, they have their Ted talk, they practiced it with a million people and they just want to do one session to get my take on it, my feedback. Mm-hmm. And that's great too. So anything. Yeah, absolutely. Any level of service, much like you offer as well, <laughs> many different options there. And so, you know, talking it out with somebody and then, and then how much of it is written and how much is bullet points? You know, it, it's interesting because I would, I am a fan of writing the whole thing out only for a Ted talk, only for a Ted talk. When I taught public speaking for 28 years, I'll say it was always Mm -hmm. bullet points. It was like, do not write out your talk because you're giving it in front of this live audience for just this one time. And it's a small intimate group and you can just be yourself, just have your bullet points and speak naturally speak extemporaneously or conversationally. Right. That's always my recommendation for most talks, but with a TEDx talk, given the stakes, the gravity, I have to say, honestly, you know, no going in, knowing Ted now owns this, you cannot, you have no rights to it. You they're going to put it online forever for, you know, in perpetuity. So you want to have it be as close to perfect as you possibly can. So yes, write it out word for word. But the challenge with writing out word for word is you really have to practice and rehearse so that it sounds natural and conversational. Nobody wants to hear you read your speech. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you write it out word for word and then do you recommend, I mean, one thing I do is I will tape record myself and then play it back. Do do, do you recommend that? Same thing. Do exactly the same thing. Yep record myself or just, I I have a PDF reader so I can just have the words written out. You can, whatever technology works. I also recommend videoing yourself, video recording yourself and looking at your body language and your movements. Is there anything awkward going on there? It's really important to have an awareness of your, how you're carrying yourself, your voice, your pacing, eliminating those vocalized pauses, ums and ahs. All of that is work that I do with people. And that I had to do myself as well. So how long, okay. So let's talk about your talk. How many times do you estimate you practiced it? Oh my gosh. No practiced. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe a hundred. I mean, 
Yeah. Maybe 50. I don't even know. I mean, I just listen. I definitely listen to it over and over hundreds of times because why not? You're driving in the car, you're yeah. running, exercising, you're cleaning your dishes, washing your dishes, doing your laundry. You could be listening to it over and over. Right. Practicing, well, maybe 25, maybe 50. It's really hard to say, yeah. but I did. I practiced it over and over until you're so sick of it. Yeah. Do you know how many times you did? No, I have no idea. But like, how do you keep it fresh? How, you know, when you're like, I'm so sick of hearing myself say this or, you know, how do you do that? I don't think you can keep it fresh for yourself. I think when you're in front of the live audience. Now, I know a lot of people are doing TED Talks virtually now. I was lucky. Mine was before COVID. So it was with when you're in front of that live audience and you look at them and you see that they're hearing it, they're there and excited to hear it for the first time. That energy naturally is sparked in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you just resign yourself to being bored with it and being like, well, and maybe you can pretend you're someone new, almost like an (laughs) acting exercise, pretend you're an audience member. So, so the order is look at your book, you know, find the key points, find the stories that match it, write an outline, either work with someone or write it out yourself. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And then start searching, you know, um, it is not, they do not make it easy to find TEDx talks because there's no unified center. Mm -hmm. So it really is a lot of Googling and spreadsheets and going, oh, okay. Some, some TEDx events make it really clear. Submit here. Most do not. Most Mm -hmm. do not. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I say be, if, if this is your goal, say, you know, I know people who've gone to Amsterdam to give. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, but you yep. know, for me, I said, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere in the state of California. And so I yep. just applied to everyone I could find in California. Mm-hmm. They each have different themes. Mm-hmm. They're very general themes. So don't yes. you say you can kind of make your topic fit a theme. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I yeah. believe any topic can fit any theme. Yes. And so, and so, and each place is going to be different and each place's tech is going to be different. I did a TEDx talk that was in an auditorium where you couldn't even hear me. It was like a, it was like, Mm. I mean, a freaking school auditorium. And then I did one that was really great. So understand that you cannot control how high tech Mm -hmm. or low tech an event is. You can do some Googling, kind of try to figure out, is this, you know, some of the, the TEDx stages are a much bigger deal than others. Do you know Mm -hmm. anything about that? I don't know that much about it, but I think you can research, you know, thankfully you can research, you can look at the Ted talks from that conference and you can look at their, what does their website look like? What does it say? Just you really, it's where the grit and the persistence come in. If you're serious about it and you have a book, you will get it. You will get a Ted talk and you will, if you're willing to put in the work and the time and research, you'll find a Ted X conference that matches what you're looking for, but you've got to be willing to dig deep and do the research. And you can even reach out to some, like if so, so many people reach out to me through my TEDx talk, they find, you know, you can Google anybody and you'll yeah. find an e- email for them somewhere or a, or a contact page on their website. People reach out to me all the time. Hey, I found your TED talk. I'd love to talk to you about, you know, how I can do one. So you can go, you can find someone's TED talk at that conference, try to find them, reach out and be like, Hey, can I get five minutes of your time to ask you about what it was like speaking at this conference? Oh, that's a good Just idea. Be persistent, be assertive, find out from 
all the people who you can potentially tap into to learn and and pick. Yeah, maybe you're going to be in the lucky position of picking which one you would most prefer to speak at. Yeah, I mean, um, you can do what, what I did, which is I just did the same talk at a bunch of them, which. Yep which one of them yanked me out, you know, and said, and said, you can't do that, but, but most don't care. Um, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can sort of decide, um, you know, if you're going to the trouble of applying for all of these and you get in, why not? Why not have this experience? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what about for the actual talk? What do you recommend? Like, you know, it's down to j- don't wear red or don't drink too much water. <laughs> I don't know. What are, what are the basics? All of that. Yes. Those yeah. are good to really? start with. <laughs> yeah. Don't wear red. I mean, well, no, no, no. Um, I would say just wear something that's comfortable that you feel great in. Whatever you feel you look your best in, but that's comfortable for you to move around in. I regret wearing a tight skirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I would have worn something a little more comfortable, but I love blue and I feel good in blue. So I was, I knew from the get-go that I was going to be wearing a blue top. So I, I don't, wouldn't say don't wear red, but I would say wear what you know you feel good and look good in. Yeah. And b- get a good night's sleep if you can. That's so ironic because yeah. I didn't sleep the whole night before my TED talk. So right. if you can get a good night's sleep, but if you don't, then just, just be careful of your trash talk in your mind. Right. So I, I didn't sleep all night. So I didn't, couldn't change that. It was like, you know what, you can do this. You can, you've taught and you've led all day training programs on no sleep. You can do this. You can do this talk on no sleep. You'll be fine. You can get through it. You know, so make sure that your self-talk I think is really affirming and positive, no matter how much everyone else tells you, yay, you're going to do great. You have to be able to speak to yourself that way. Yeah. Yeah. And just take good care of yourself. Yeah. Don't drink too much water so that you're going to have to pee right in the middle of it. Take care of your physical needs. Make sure you're in good shape physically, emotionally, mentally, as much as you can. And, and really just tell yourself, you've got this, you can do it. Do you recommend going early and mingling with the yes, audience? And, and I do. you do? Yeah, I do. I mean, if you can, I mean, it depends on what's going on with your TEDx conference. I was lucky enough to be among many friends because it was at the university where I had been teaching for many years. So I it felt really good to get there early and get hugs and talk with people and have people say, I'm so excited to hear your talk. But then I, I'm a big meditator. I meditate every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So I definitely needed to be able to pull away and find like a quiet hallway and just sit and center myself and get quiet and do some breathing, mm-hmm. some deep breathing. So if that were works for you. If you know that works in your day-to-day life to calm yourself and center and ground yourself then find a way to find that space for yourself. And what, so, so did you have to apply? Was that awkward? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, they didn't. I was worried that I wouldn't get picked because they didn't want to be incestuous and say, you know, we want to have community leaders. They had student speakers as well at my conference. So I thought, well, they might not pick me because I'm a professor at the university and they figure I can get a TED talk anywhere, but it ended up that it did work in my favor. And I knew the curator of the TEDx talk. And I talk about that in my talk that, you know, net, we always say like networking is everything and it's who, you know, and you know, you and I are people, people, people anyway, Anna, like, 
Like I think it's sincere and we love connecting with people, but I got that Ted talk because of connections that I was always very conscientious about making real and deep and genuine connections with people in all of my circles. And I would not have gotten that Ted talk if it weren't for that. And not, I didn't do it because of the Ted talk, because I didn't know that this person was the curator of the Ted conference when I got to know her, but it happened to work in my favor. Now, what do you do if you're bombing? What the (laughs) hell do you do? And, you know, can you can you reel it back in? Yes, you can always reel it back in. And I've always taught this in my public speaking training programs and courses. You've got to be able to read the room. You've got to be able to read the audience. If energy is low when you're looking out there or you feel it, like pick up your energy, pull yourself together, manage your mind. So much of it is going to be the talk in your mind. It's like if you're bombing and and don't tell yourself you're bombing, just saying, I'm feeling a little low energy. You know what? I'm going to raise my volume. I'm going to like do that inner work of talking louder and talking a little faster, maybe, and telling that story with a little bit more oomph and passion and enthusiasm, you can absolutely turn it around in the moment. I have done that many times. Um, I love it. Now, would you say that as an author, you're that much more likely to be able to book a TEDx talk? Yes, absolutely. You're applying, like you're applying for a job. Yeah. They, uh, they want, they want people who have credentials, who are going to bring a bigger audience, who are going to capture people's attention more. Having a book is a huge advantage for you. And I, you told me this thing that, um, you're like, nobody cares. Did we, I can't remember if I said this yeah. already on tape. Nobody cares that I'm, <laughs> no, that I was a professor for 26 years, but, yes! <laughs> but everyone cares that I have a book and a TEDx talk. And that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, whenever I'm introduced, it's the book and the TEDx talk that come first. And I self-published my book. I'll say that proudly. Nobody knows, nobody cares. I, you know, went through that process, got lots of support, like the kind of support that you provide and, you know, book and the TEDx talk. (laughs) And how has having um, both of those changed your life and your career? Well, in that way, I mean, I think they give you, I just want to elaborate and say they give you credibility that you simply cannot find through any other activity you might do. You could be on a board of directors. You can be the, the, on the, you know, in the leadership of your organization, which is great. I love doing those things. You know, I volunteer for a bit. I'm involved in a million different things, but you're going to have credibility and that those, that brand, like nothing else you can possibly do. But honestly, Anna, like, and I didn't realize the extent that of, of how much I would get this from it, but the, the feeling of, truly helping people like your TEDx talk was so meaningful and so powerful. And I know it's helped so many people, right. Who, who also identify with being an addict and the the empowerment that you um, brought to that talk. And I don't, I have, we all have lots of labels, you know, I, it's so funny how your talk can be so meaningful and so deeply helpful and transformative for people who you wouldn't even think like your talk was so meaningful for me for a million reasons, but because as you know, I have a transgender daughter and that's a label that we have in our family, right. That is very scary to share with people. I have a transgender daughter. I've embraced it over the years 
we, you know, we are out there in the world educating people, but in the beginning, it was really, really scary to say that. So you wouldn't necessarily think that in my Ted talk, where I openly talk about the label of being an addict, it's going to empower and inspire and transform all these people's lives who are going to hear this, who have totally different labels that I can't even imagine. Right. So that's where I think it's going to be something of value in people's lives that they can't even imagine that you're going to be giving a gift to the world. That's going to feel so rewarding and meaningful and just profoundly, deeply important to you in ways that you can't possibly feel before you ever have the experience of giving a TEDx talk. I love it. What a note to end on. So, so Bridget, what's the best ways? Okay. And so you guys are podcast listeners. So you have, you have two or three podcasts. I have three. Three. <laughs> okay. Can't stop. But if, okay. So the most important, well, they're all important to me. My daughter and I, the most popular for sure is my daughter and I have a podcast called Transgender School. Mm-hmm. And she identifies with three of the letters of the acronym LGBTQ plus. So we talk about sexual orientation and identity. We talk about gender identity. You talk about dog identity. <laughs> My dogs are barking. So yes, we do very talk about supportive. our dogs. Very we do talk about dogs. our dogs on the podcast. Very supportive. They want to be heard. Um, and so please listen to that to be to be an ally, to be educated. It's not just for people in the LGBTQ plus community. It's for all of us, for everyone. It's so important for people to learn and we're learning. And then my personal podcast is just me. My coaching podcast is called Growth and Gratitude. And mm-hmm. I just started it. I'm just about to release my second episode. And I talk all about coaching, life coaching, executive coaching, all of it and how to just live a meaningful and happy and rewarding life. And it's okay if it's not happy and how to process emotion and feel sad and just everything around living our lives fully and wholeheartedly as Brene Brown talks about. And the third podcast, which is on hiatus, but we have 30 episodes and I am so proud of is called the right questions, which is with uh, my partner, Todd, who's a fellow coach in my company. And we talk all about how, asking ourselves the right questions in life leads us to the answers and where we want to go in life. And it's all about powerful questions, the power of questions. So the right questions. So those are my three podcasts, find them. They are free. They are out there. All of them. Also, we have the video of every single episode on YouTube. So you can watch us, you can hear us there on all the podcast apps. And I would love for people to find us and learn from us. But also hire Bridget, you know, if somebody's interested (laughs) in And working with you um, on their talk, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, find me, go search for me. I have sure. my my coaching and consulting website is called Sampson Coaching and Consulting com. My, we have transgenderschool.org. So find my website. You're welcome to email me. Both of those have contact pages. They go directly to my email. Find me, just Google me. You'll find me. I'm out there in a million different places. Bridget Sampson, B-R-I-D-G-E-T, Sampson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. And find me. I would love to work with you. And I do a free 20 minute consult for anybody who wants to talk with me. Absolutely. I have time in my schedule for that about anything, any kind of coaching, any kind of training, or I leave retreats and group experiences, whatever you need, we can chat. I love it. I will have links to all of that in the show notes. So Bridget, thank you so much. And you guys, thank you so much for listening. Go, go get your TEDx talks. Yes. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy.com. 
where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please, don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company, Legacy Launchpad Publishing, is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing